This is the Chester County Real Estate Podcast, bringing you the info you need to make your next move a great one. This show is brought to you by Remax Ace Realty. For show notes and links, go to acerealtypa.com slash podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to the Chester County Real Estate Podcast. This is the show that gives you the information you need to make your next move a great one. And on this episode, we're continuing our series on what makes a great real estate agent. And I'm sitting down with Renzo Nemo, the broker here at Remax Ace Realty. And we're talking a little bit about a model that you've... Did, did you develop this or is it something that we're just adopting here? It's something that we're just adopting. So this idea a, of an agent-centered brokerage as opposed to like a insider or owner-centric brokerage too. Um, um, yeah, model. Model. Business yeah, so, model. Right. So yeah, so an agent-centered brokerage as opposed to an owner-centric model. Um, so real quick, what exactly um, – so before we get into like what it is, why don't you just kind of talk a little bit about how we got to this point um, and a little bit about yourself and kind of – you know, what, what makes Remax Ace Realty different? Um, okay. Uh, so you're looking for history, a brief history, just to kind of give some people some context. All right. So my history starts quite a few years back. Um, when I was more focused on a investment company and then we started a small independent brokerage basically to serve our needs um, we're doing about 20 25 flips a year and so we needed more flexibility from from a brokerage um, so we we started that that brokerage for the flexibility we were a small independent um, and we really just didn't have the resources like for learning and coaching and things like that that you get from these bigger brand names mm -hmm. so that eventually um, turned into a new location a bigger location and um, us joining the remax family so remax what i really liked about them is that they're agent centric mm -hmm. what that means is there's mostly direct interaction between the folks at corporate corporate so just to give you an idea um, main headquarters for Remax is in Colorado it's in a 12-story building probably a couple hundred thousand square feet say there's about a hundred employees working there full-time um, and as what really makes a good agent is the people that surround them their support mm -hmm. There's a lot of other things involved. Like it's good if their their aptitude for learning is good because this um, it's always changing. This industry is always changing. Um, but ultimately, if if you've got the support of a hundred people that work full time, you know, at uh, the main headquarters like that, uh, you're, no other brokers can can top that that kind of support and often so there's other brokerages that have support like that but it's only really going towards not necessarily going straight to the agents that's right there there are a lot of big brand brokerage names out there but um 
Remax was the first one to be agent centric. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, when when you're brokerage or owner centric, I guess their focus and those hundred people going to the main headquarters full time, their focus is on on the owners and their their profit margins, pretty much. Um, being agent centric, all of their coaching and tutorials and and everything that they provide is is revolves around the agent mm -hmm. and just makes them more informed better to serve clients right right and agents that are better supported are going to for the most part be really good agents so right if right. an agent's not getting any support they're not going to be able to really support their customers or their clients that well either true yeah so we have this direct interaction with with corporate what are some of the things that corporate provides to the agents in order to support them i know we kind of hit some of oh. them we, we glanced over a couple of them but kind of more specifically i can tell you a little bit about what um, remax has okay uh, so there's a portal it's called max center but like there's a whole remax universe university section that can mm -hmm. tr train and teach an agent to do just about anything it also trains and teaches them how to use all the other icons and technology inside of this Mac Center uh, because there is like four or five tabs and 10 to 12 icons on each tab and uh, Remax University is just one. Another thing it, it does is it has auto, automated marketing. So it, it will just automatically pull um, from the MLS their listings and they can set it up to automatically post on different social media platforms and the fact that it's automated is it's like hardly any effort right so the agent can focus on what really matters their business and their clients mm -hmm. um, there's a multi-page website in there a CRM and well then one nice thing that Remax does is different is they send all of those leads that go to the the Remax website, the national mm -hmm. website, and, and international website, um, they send those leads directly to agents. There's a place in there you can pick 10 zip codes that you want to work in, and you'll get leads from them on a round-robin basis. Now, there are sites out there where if someone inquires for, you know, to speak to an agent or so, it's going to go to the highest or basically it's going to go to whatever agent's paying the most, right? Right. So this is a little bit different because instead of you being sent to an agent that is just paying a lot to get those leads, this is actually going to real agents within your area, right? Yeah. And what's interesting is, I mean, even from the top, they understand that uh, relationships are most important. Mm -hmm. So their algorithm works like uh, if a lead comes through, for a certain zip code, that's the reason why there's a CRM attached. Mm -hmm. They're going to go through and look for all of the agents in that zip code to have that person's name in the CRM first. Mm -hmm. um, and they're going to try to connect them to that person. Oh, that's good. And if there is no one in that zip code with with that name in their CRM, then it goes round robin. But I mean, that's how it works. It's so a it lot is very different. Yeah. So a lot of uh a lot of agents, and this is, you know, I'm not going to say this is good or bad, but just kind of the way things have become with uh, when it comes to routing leads, um, 
a lot of times you'll see these big teams, and the team leader or the the, the name on the sign kind of ends up just being a lead aggravator, would you say? And kind of is there just to funnel leads to the other agents on the team. Right. Remax is a little bit different because the leads don't just go to whoever is the team leader that's paying yeah. the most and has the most resources. It's actually going back to the agents that actively are working with buyers and sellers. Right. Yeah. So I would say the couple other big brands that might compare yeah they're they're getting the leads they're getting leads through corporate websites and stuff too but uh, i happen to know the difference um they go to insiders in a brokerage and then from there those insiders decide who they give them to and for what referral fees Mm -hmm. and whatnot it's way different than an agent-centric company so, yeah, and we were talking a little bit before. There's, you know, there's companies that definitely support agents. Um, a lot of times, though, they're also these, the agents are also working for like a middleman or like a team leader or so, right. and they're mainly focused on supporting the team leaders, not necessarily the individual agents in the company, too. Correct. Right, and I mean it's whoever is getting those leads inside that brokerage, it's their discretion. Yeah. So. I've heard it said before that the broker doesn't really matter. It's the agent that you're working with that really matters. What are your well, thoughts on that? How much does the broker – how much does that affect the deal, do you think? I think it matters quite a bit, especially when a like an agent is just getting started mm-hmm. and they're going to use the brokerage or the broker's resume yeah. first. Uh, like For example, would you use a newer agent – for an investment property if you were looking to get into investments um, at at a brokerage where the broker is just starting to do investments and had to borrow money from say his parents to do his first investment or would you rather use a newer agent who's being supervised by a broker that's done it a hundred times you know has flipped over a hundred homes has a whole bunch of rentals of right. all different types currently in his portfolio. I mean, who, where would you go? Yeah, so the question right? is if you're – let's say you're getting into investing, do you want to work with someone who claims to be focused on investors and working with a lot of investors but don't necessarily have that experience or someone who has that experience behind them and has done and been involved in these deals personally, hands-on, um, or is directly around the people who have, right? Right. What about like the different brokers and how important the names are? I mean, really, it's what what's right for the client. What is a client looking for? Mm-hmm. I'd say 90% of people fall into two categories. They're either never going to use a generic no matter what. Or if they do, they're expecting a discount. So, I mean, what is what is the ultimate goal? I would just be cautious with the limited services. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to sell something, um, just make sure that the brokerage that you go to is equipped to hold escrow for your sale. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I, I mean, I've heard it a million times. That we can get a third party to hold it, a title company or something. But well, real quick, let's just let's just back up right there. So, um, just outside of the 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 terms just in case someone's not familiar uh 
But basically what you're saying is when you're when you're holding escrow for the sale is you make an offer on a property, you're going to put money, you're going to put uh, you're going to put down a deposit. Yeah, the, the question buyer, is the buyer will. And then the question right. is who's actually holding that deposit when the buyer puts down that money? Right. And how important is it who holds that deposit, right? Um, right. Yeah. So as a, a seller mm-hmm. um, listing a property for sale, you have a buyer puts an offer in with a, a sizable earnest money mm-hmm. check. Where do you want that deposit held? Mm-hmm. What es- Who holds that escrow account? Who owns that escrow account that is being right. held at? Like if I'm buying a house from you and I say, hey, Renzo, I'll pay you this much money. Let me just you know get get the financing and everything. I'll you know I'm going to put down a deposit. Let's say ten thousand dollars. You are going to care where that ten thousand dollars is. If I say it's ten thousand dollars and I'm going to go give it to Frank over here, or I'm just going to hold on to the money, you're going to be kind of curious about that. You'll be like, well, hold on. If it's a deposit, you want to make sure you have some sort of control over that money and some sort of oversight on where that is. Because if the buyer disappears or something happens, that's the, that's that money that you're, you know, you might be limited to. Definitely. Um, and I, I don't really see too much of a problem with a third party. But it never happens. I mean, mm-hmm. when a when a buyer is putting in an offer, they usually don't have a title company picked out, and you've got to fill that portion out of the agreement of sale of who's going to hold the escrow. Mm-hmm. And if your your property is listed with a brokerage that isn't equipped to hold escrow, ninety nine times out of a hundred, mm-hmm. that listing agent is going to ask that buyer's agent to see if their broker will hold the escrow. So now you have your deposit for your house. This is your potential liquidated damages Mm -hmm. being held at the buyer's agent's brokerage, right? Whose best interests are supposed to be for the buyer. Right. Mm -hmm. Just check, just make sure if, if you're going to go generic, right. chances are a brand is going to be full service. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's just one difference between the full service and the limited service. Right. Um, or, you know, maybe there's an extra charge in there or some sort of fee that's going to show up on the settlement documents that maybe you weren't quite aware of when you started. Yeah, uh, a lot that, of these limited could... services, they have the services, but then you end, you end up having to pay more. Most of the time, things go pretty smoothly. You're using standard forms. You're using uh, it's a it's a pretty straightforward deal. It's something off the MLS. Uh, however, if it is if it starts to veer away from that, maybe it's an off market property, or maybe there's some other forms that need to be brought in there by a lawyer or so. That's where things can get kind of tricky too. So you have someone who is making an offer. And you know you're trying to sell your house, and then some things get a little bit outside the lines, and maybe you're not dealing with uh, an actual realtor, uh, someone who's a member of the association. So uh, that's where those like intricacies kind of come into play. Uh, I remember when I had a I had a friend who was selling their property off 
uh, off market. But then I started asking him questions. I was like, well, where's the deposit? What kind of account is it in? Oh, Who's holding the deposit? Stuff like what's that. What's that? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, and, and that's where things really start getting tricky. And that's where these, these things really start to matter. Um, and then you kind of go back and you're like, well, why do we do it this way? And you're like, oh, there's a reason why the seller wants their agent should want their agent to hold the escrow money. And really that's the whole point of, you know, hiring a real estate agent is making sure that things are done in a way that will protect, you know, your side if if a problem happens. It it's so that things go smoothly yeah. and it feels like a lot. What you don't want to do is find out the hard way that that agents are probably underpaid. Yeah, you could have used yeah. an agent in that deal. So it's just one of those funny things where it's like when everything's going well, it seems like I they're getting paid a larger amount of money. Good, good agents are underpaid, right? Yeah. And then when you and then you find out when once you uh, once you try saving a couple bucks, it ends up costing you more money in the long run, or opens you Honestly, up to the risk of costing more money in the long run. In my experience, in helping. Like people mm-hmm. that were thinking about doing it themselves, I, I'd say halfway through they tell me that this is a lot. Mm-hmm. I would have never been able to do this myself, mm-hmm. and that's from from my experience. But yeah, and you know, just trying to explain to people. I mean, really, that's what the agents there when you're transferring something like real estate. It's a little bit different. So the question isn't how to you know they want to offer this much money. But they want to, they want to have a home inspection. So, okay, well, how do you juggle letting them in to have the home inspection? And you, do you take the house off the market? If you're going to take the house off the market, you have a deposit. So, you know, it, the deposit is what allows you to take the house off the market. So there's a lot and, of stuff in there. And there's that, a, a dozen ways you can do it. And there's a dozen ways. And that's where an agent really kind of comes in because you're like, well, all they really do is negotiate the deal. It's like, well, they don't just negotiate the deal, but they protect you throughout the course of a deal because it's not like going to a store where you walk out with the computer or laptop. It's a process that has to that you have to go with and you want to make sure you're – doing it right and protecting yourself throughout the process, right? Right. What are some of the other benefits for the real estate agents who are um, well, trying to re- trying to consider their brokerage? I see. Um, so the agent-centric model, you know, that Remax adopted, it revolves around the agent. Mm-hmm. It revolves around making them successful, high-producing, and that's their focus. There's no other gimmicks. Mm-hmm. Um, compared to like some other models that might be better for agents that don't want to sell real estate that right. might rather just recruit to like an MLM, then you mm-hmm. find that there's, I, I call it the, uh, mem- the gym membership model. Mm-hmm. There's, usually huge brokerages with hundreds of agents. And I say gym membership because like the uh, perfect gym member for a gym is someone that pays their dues every month and never goes. And never shows up. Right. So, I mean, that's the other model. But as an agent, I guess you have to decide what you want. If you, if you want to sell real estate, then 
you you need to surround yourself and be supported by people that are 100 percent focused on that well and that's what that's kind of what it comes down to is basically it's an agent it's an agent-centric model for agents who actually want to sell real estate right if you want to just recruit and kind of be in like a multi-level marketing situation you know, there might be another place for that. That wouldn't be so much the agent agent centric model. If you just want to run a team or even, you know, real estate investing, then yeah, that's going to make, make the difference. But for agents who want to actually sell real estate and buyers and sellers who want to work with an agent who is actually there to help them sell, buy and sell real estate, it's good to know what kind of model and what kind of brokerage they're dealing with. Right. Right. And I, I'll say this: I, Remax is is known for doing transactions, mm-hmm. all types, single family homes and multi units, even commercial. You just you do want to have and find an agent with the experience, you know, for the type of transaction you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. So, great. Well, what's the best way that someone can get a hold of you or the office? My direct number, 610-401-7575. Or if you want to call the office, it's 484-712-0009. So, all right, man. Well, thanks a lot. I really appreciate it. And hopefully this is uh, helpful to people, whether they're an agent or someone that's looking to buy or sell in the future. So, hey, guys, if you have any questions, if you want to get a hold of Renzo or anyone here at the office, check out acerealtypa.com. If you've gotten anything from this, please like and subscribe, and I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. This has been the Chester County Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by REMAX Ace Realty, serving buyers and sellers in the Chester County area. Subscribe for new episodes at acerealtypa.com slash podcast. And you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, and wherever podcasts are found. This episode is brought to you by Remax Ace Realty in Downingtown, PA. Whether you're looking to buy or sell a home, we have a real estate expert for you. Search for homes or contact an agent at acerealtypa.com.